Hello, I'm Hannah. Hey, I'm Dave. And this is Food in a Film. When you're bored and hungry with nothing to do, have we got food and a film for you? Bring over your butt and bring over your mouth. Cause food and a film is coming right now. Hi, Dave. Hey, Hannah. I bet you're bored and hungry with nothing to do in this quarantine, aren't you? Yeah. Well, we got food and a film always, for you, Hannah. I'm always bored and hungry. If I'm not bored, I'm hungry. If I'm not hungry, I'm bored. We've been finding lately that uh, we make dinner and then we immediately eat it. Yeah. And the first thing that we say to each other is, so what do you want to make now? Sometimes we just want to go to bed so that it can be the next day that so that we can wake up and make more food. Right. So our stomachs have digested everything and we can be hungry again. Well, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Yeah. Yesterday. We got a we got a late night podcast coming to you today, so technically Mother's Day was yesterday. And it is for you listening because and it's, it's still Monday yesterday. when we released this episode and uh, made some baskets for each of our moms with boxes. Uh, sorry, boxes for each of our moms. Not a basket. It was like a little gift box of treats. We did. We made our own marshmallows. Very fun. Which are. I always thought, or maybe in the past, I made marshmallows with egg whites. I thought they were like meringue, but they're marshmallows aren't. They're um, corn syrup and gelatin. I basically. think maybe when we made the marshmallow fluff, yeah, we had egg whites in yeah. it. Yeah, and then we like we yeah we like turned it into like an Italian meringue. Yeah, but maybe these did not have any egg whites in it. Just and then we sugar, flavored syrup, them, corn, banana, and, and then mint. dipped them in chocolate, and then we did some chocolate covered Oreos. And then some lemon, and bars, lemon bars and some of Hannah's famous chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate and sea salt. Which, you know, you'd think that maybe we'd share that recipe for you today. But it's a secret. Until the time we share it with you. Yeah, until next time. But it's not today's. We're going to share with you a, a pancake recipe today because we made... Dave's been a pancake making My fool. mama some pancakes for Mother's Day. We just get to eat breakfast now together, so we have to... Think of all these breakfast These foods. are nice and fluffy pancakes. It's going to yeah. be real fun. Uh, and we also just revisited the movie Zodiac. Yeah. 2007. Long time ago. Uh, actually, it's not even a revisit because I'm realizing I never actually saw the movie. I just yeah. t- I just would tell people that I saw it because I wanted to sound like I like was hip to all the cool stuff. Oh, yeah. I saw that Oh, yeah. Movie. I saw Zodiac. But, you know, I, I was, four, I was 14 story. when that movie came out. So uh, yeah. I mean, I saw it later. I didn't see it right when it came out. But what is going on in the kitchen? Your cats are eating food. It's Dale. Oh, what is that? Oh, what's that? Our cat just came in the room with something that we've never seen before. No, it's a cupcake uh, holder. Oh, it's, it's like a muffin. Cupcake holder. A muffin liner. He just walked in like he was a mighty hunter carrying that thing in his mouth. So proud of himself. Dale used to. What'd uh, you be hunt? A- he used to be a food garter when we first got oh, him as yeah. a kitten. He would growl at Phineas if Phineas got near him. If when anyone, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. No, he doesn't do that. Um, fun recipe, Zodiac. Fun movie to talk about, and we got some trivia about it. Some trivia about the actual Zodiac murderer, as well. Murderer. And uh, we're drinking a beer that I got for a dollar from the liquor store up the street. Right at the register, there's just like a stand that says, whoa, $1, <laughs> which is a bunch of random beers. Wow, sounds like paradise. So I took it. Thanks, Burt's. Burt's Beer in Bayview. Gotta love that. Burt's Liquor in Bayview. I don't know what it's actually called. I think it's just called Burt's. 
It's just Burt's. Burt's and Bayview. Bayview. So, uh, it's a fun, fun-filled episode. Hopefully you tuned into our Naked Jolly Good tasting. That was a fun one as well. We're clothed right now. <laughs> but next time we taste food. Yeah, I think we're going to do our tastings naked. We will not be clothed. Tasteful tastings. Nude. Or just Dave and Hannah's Nude naked food. tastings. Nude food. Whoa. Did I just... Create something? Become brilliant? Is this going to go viral? Nude food, food in nude. a film pod. <laughs> pod. <laughs> food in a film pod. All right, Hannah, you got an animal fact for us? Yeah, I got animal facts All for right, us. All right, let's hear it. This is Animal Facts with Hannah! Did you know mosquitoes are the deadliest animal on Earth? All right, I feel like this is one of those, like... Where you sh- where you think it might be, but then you're not really sure? No, I feel like this is one of those, like, trick questions, because sure, it's dead, one of the most deadliest animals, but probably because it kills so many different flies. Well, yeah, it It's not deadly everything. to humans the no, most in the world. No, that too, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Explain. In both things. Well, um, so mosquitoes kill like a million people a year because they carry disease. Well, like I remember when West Nile was big, there was uh, so all mosquitoes. Yeah, that's what makes them so dangerous. Um, not necessarily, you know, the, you know, like a lion obviously is dangerous for different reasons. Lions <laughs> don't really carry disease that are dangerous to no, humans. No, they're just going to maul your ass. But um, yeah, they kill the most of all animals. You know, humans and otherwise. Second, the second deadliest was, in fact, humans. Maybe sharks isn't even in the top five. No. Third uh, third was snakes. Interesting. Yeah. Mosquitoes. Man, that's what no, gotta... I think sharks was like 15th or something. Yeah. So what are mosquitoes good for, then, if they're just murdering everything? Like... I think what they do is they feed a whole, like, level above them. So they, like, keep birds alive... Um, I think, I think that their, their sole purpose and use is being a food group. They don't, I, I, they don't pollinate, they don't so, see, you know, they don't so carry I wonder, seeds. Because they're, so what are they eating? Because when they, st- when they sting you, you know, it's not like a bee. Mosquitoes drink blood. Right. So is that all, is that all they ingest? Like, I think so. When a bee stings you, they die, right? Yeah. When a mosquito bites you, it's sucking your blood and yeah. not dying it's becoming like a vampire so if that's all they ingest like i mean they're still mortal well right obviously because they they, they, like you sunlight. said they're a food group but do you think the things that they ingest in affect the things that then eat them like if a lion were to eat a mosquito that had just sucked the blood of someone with a disease would that lion then get that disease oh yeah i think so i think that's how it works but Science. but I don't think diseases that are dangerous to humans are also usually dangerous to lions, you know. Okay, lions is just an example. But I get what you mean. But cross species diseases I don't think are very common. So a, a mosquito could bite different species, but not and be dangerous to one species right. alone, but not to multiple. Fascinating. So this is why I hate mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are useless. And I am a mosquito magnet. Like, if I go camping in the summer, if yeah, every inch of get, me, you always me get and my up. older sister Aspen, I think we have sweet blood. I think we have blood that, dr- you that mosquitoes. I wouldn't know that, my love, because I've never sucked your blood. Well, it was, it's a joke because, like, in, tra- in Twilight, Edward Cullen says that Bella's blood, he can, like, smell it, and it smells so sweet. And that's why 
all the vampires like her. Well, you're way cooler than Bella. Well, obviously. And I like to think that I'm cooler than Edward. Yes, obviously. Why, but did, are take, you why cooler, did it take you so long to but answer? But are you cooler Jacob? than Batman? <sighs> I don't think so. No, I didn't even realize you were going to take it that Robert Pattinson. I thought you were going to stay in Twilight. Saw, That's why I said Jacob. Somebody tweeted. It's going to yeah, be like more gruff. It. We're going to be more raw, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, the last thing we need right now is raw, unfiltered bat. <laughs> we know where that got us last time. Thanks for that fact, Kenna. People Hannah. are so funny. You're welcome. Fun stuff. Now you know, if you ever do trivia, I feel like that's a common trivia question. The, it is actually mosquitoes. Humans are second. All right. Snakes are third. Let's uh, move over to move some delicious, delicious foods to eat. Pancakes. Uh, I'm a big... Or flapjacks, if you may call them. I'm a big fluffy pancake guy, right? Like, I like the pancakes to be as fluffy as you can be. and I height. I have not really ever had success with homemade pancakes, really, looking as cool. Like, I feel like when you go to a restaurant, the pancakes just look different. Like, they get a better brown on the griddle, right? They've like, well, they have a seasoned griddle that does nothing but make a thousand pancakes. Like, they always are perfectly brown. They're the perfect circles. Like, you can't do that at home as much. So, I like to get as much height as I can to kind of counteract that. And this recipe helps with getting the height because you separate your egg before you make it. Yeah. Definitely. So, I'm going to give you the ingredients right now. You need one and one-fourth cup of flour. This is just basic, like, unflavored. Yeah. It's got vanilla, but otherwise, you can add your own. Yeah, this is a basic pancake recipe. Dale. Dale. You gotta get out of there, man. Dale's He likes Dave's. Dave built a box to go around the microphone, and now Dale likes Dave's box. Dale's all up in my box. Dale likes Dave's box. Dale likes Dave's socks. Would you like a box and socks, Dave? Would you like a box and socks, Dale? All right, well, he's not answering the question, so let's just uh, go back to the recipe. One and a fourth cup flour, a half teaspoon of baking powder, one cup milk, one egg yolk, one egg white, three tablespoons of melted butter, a good pour of vanilla, a good pinch of sugar, and a good pinch of salt. Only right? a pinch of sugar? Yeah, not oh, that much okay. sugar. Not that much sugar. A little bit less than a fourth cup, which is like maybe... A tablespoon, A tablespoon, maybe? yeah. So, a big pinch. I'd probably add more. I like my pancakes a little sweeter. I'd maybe do two tablespoons. So, sugar to your discretion. So, what you're going to do is you're going to put your flour and your baking powder together, and you're going to, you know, mix it up together so it gets all incorporated. You're, you're dry. And then you're going to put in your egg yolk, the melted butter, and the milk. And you're going to mix that all up, and you're going to get a batter. And it's going to seem a little thick. But it's still going to have like a kind of looseness to it. Like it's going to be kind of like when you can make a cheese sauce. It's going to be like thick like that. And then you're going to add your egg white that you set aside. What you got to do is you got to whip that up with a hand mixer. Because when you whip egg whites, they get fluffy. They get that. And stiff. Opaque white. You whip it until it gets those stiff peaks. And then you fold that into the batter with the vanilla. And uh, there's your batter. And then you just cook with it right away? Yeah, simple as that. You cook with it. I guess I don't need to tell you how to cook pancakes, but like we cook pancakes on medium heat. Yeah, but there's no spray there's it. No real there's trick no for real it. right way. These you make know. about eight to ten like smaller pancakes. I'd say about a fourth cup scoop, maybe a little bit less than a fourth cup scoop, like silver yeah, dollar little, pancakes. Yeah, little like three inch pancakes. Delicious, fluffy, and uh, you're gonna enjoy them. We made them with 
a caramel apple topping, a peanut butter banana mm. topping, just regular maple syrup and chocolate chips. We would eat a lot of pancakes. Whipped cream. Pancakes are delicious. Take this recipe down. Make them yourself. Enjoy. I hope that was easy to follow with Dale interrupting us a little bit. Dale. Just wants attention. So, you know what goes great with pancakes, Hannah? No, this is not going to be any sort of segue that you can use. Beer! Oh. See, it worked. <laughs> Time to taste some Do, beer. Does it? I don't think so. I think so. Uh, beer. All right, what do we got today, Hannah? Today, it's from Weiner Beer Company in Chicago. Okay, Weiners. It's a Belgian-style stout. So careful, D-Bot, a stout. What does that mean? Like coffee kind of? No, it's well, it's like a dark malty beer. So it's probably going to be like black when we pour it. Yeah. I mean, the can looks very ominous. It's called Noir. Noir. But like N-W-A-R. It looks like there's, maybe, that, then there's maybe that's like, a Belgian pronunciation or spelling. Well, it's got the umlauts over the A, kind of like a Belgian word. It looks like but, there's a bunch of cats in the shadows. Right. I think it's supposed to be like a cat going, Noir. Like a film noir. Like rawr for a cat. Because it's got all these cats. Yeah, and then like film noir. They're in like, they're in like fedoras. I love how it's just... It's, it's a cool can. Yeah. It's literally just a basic white can that's got just like a sticker over it too. I just, I hope you're ready to drink a stout at midnight. It might knock us out. I don't think it has anything about... Oh. Good thing we got nothing to do. Oh, it's only 5.9% alcohol. Good. So it's going to be like only. a that's more. I feel like that's more than like half the beers we've tried. Slightly more. I mean, just slightly. Mm. Ooh. It smells like cherry almost. Oh, yeah, that is dark as shit. Look at that. Even wow. the head is dark. Holy cow. That looks like straight black coffee. Ooh. Ooh, you're not going to like this. Oh. Your I can, face is about to be I can tell by the smell. Take a nice big sip. Yeah, Very I don't know. dark. This smells like... It looks like a standard stout. Like, it's going to be dark and bitter. It smells and... like rotten fruit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It smells like rotten fruit. Damn. Harsh. Ooh, he went for it. Wow. Oh. You know what? Wow. That that drinks much better than it smells. <laughs> wow. He, he, he smiled. It's like... On the second sip, it's not as good. But it's like... It's like a fruit. It smells like vinegary. It's like a fruity coffee. It's like if you were to get like a fruity cappuccino, that's kind of what I get out of it. Like I almost taste like, hmm. like the Jamocha chip shake from uh yeah. from Arby's or like a, it's almost got like a frosty flavor to it too. It's it's interesting. It definitely is not as harsh or yeah, hit I you mean, as hard as I was expecting it to hit me. Like it's straight black. I think you're tasting like sweeter like. Like dried fruit, like raisin. It's almost yeah, or like a figgy, or like yeah. fig. Yeah, and then um, it's definitely super malty. Yeah, um, I mean it's you, I, it's not as heavy toasty. as I, but it's not as heavy as I was expecting to be. Like I felt like I was gonna be more yeah. full right. from taking a sip. Right. You're probably gonna get full drinking like two or three of these. Oh yeah, I don't think I I could I don't think I could finish one. It's very filling. I'm surprised by this beer. I'm yeah. I've, I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by it, honestly. I'm gonna, Noir out of Weiner. I'm going to have us drink this at the end and see how it tastes after it's been sitting out and warmed up a little bit. Because stouts really open up as they warm up. Oh, wow, my gosh. Wow, the cat's got the zoomies They're tonight. They're, like, <laughs> having marathons back and forth. Who's winning, get... guys? Who's winning? That was me. That wasn't our cats. That would have been, cool. been cool if they responded, though. 
All right, Weiner, Weiner Beer Company with the Noir. Yeah, what a good little surprise. I wonder if our cats would like it. A little fun bit. Just kidding. We're not going to feed our cats beer. Do not give your pets alcohol. Even if they're on the label of the beer. Even if they ask for it. Even if they're so cute. My opinion is they're so cute. So we just watched Zodiac. Well, so I think we're running out of stuff to watch. Not running out, but I just, I hate the question, what do you want to watch? I know. Like, I'm, that's, I cannot stand that question a, anymore. That's on a streaming app. So, that we have downloaded. Yeah. That's the issue. Like right, Netflix, that is the issue. Hulu, Amazon, we've seen so much. Because that, so much stuff I want to watch, I have to rent. And finally, I got fed up last night. I was like, all I want to watch is Zodiac. That's all I really want to watch right now. So we rented it. And so when Hannah asked me if I've ever seen it, like I said, I was like, yeah, I think I've seen it. But really, I hadn't. But I just said it because I wanted to fit in. It, I was like, yeah, was there's like, no way I've ever seen this movie. This isn't it? This isn't it? Um, so it's, it's a movie that... Uh, portrays the Zodiac Killer killings in, in the Bay Area in and the late 60s, early 70s. The San Francisco Times or the Chronicle was doing, you know, r- reporting it. Right, and right. Well, well they're I mean, cartoonist. They, they all were, but it was the, but the, the cartoonist of the Chronicle was like became really, in, really into it. Um, and then also one of the journalists at the Chronicle was like, uh, someone who was really following the case, Paul Avery, played by Robert Downey Jr. Um, and then, yeah, the cartoonist is young, young Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, not, little baby face. Mm, I mean, he's not young, young. Like, he's not Donnie Darko young. No, he's but like he still has those baby young. face qualities. Like, yeah. he, he got a chiseled jaw as he got older. It's uh, so this, this movie. Pre chiseled jaw. So this movie came out in 2007. It's David Fincher, and it. So this is before the Marvel Universe started, right? Two and a half hours. It's very slow. Bong Joon-ho says it's his favorite movie and it's the perfect movie. Tells us a lot about his directing style. It was pre-Marvel Universe, but it was a foreshadowing into the Marvel Universe with Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. and even Jake Gyllenhaal, who's in Spider-Man, the newest Spider-Man. And uh, it's really interesting watching a movie from like the mid-2000s right now that's about the 60s and 70s, almost to see how it's portrayed. I feel like it's like almost portrayed differently 10 years ago, yeah. or 13 years ago, than they would portray that time now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also the style, the style of the movies, I think, are different too because they're they're trying to be authentic in different ways than people try to be authentic now. Like nowadays, people don't want to talk about maybe the less politically correct stuff. They want to just act like there were always there were always women working as detectives and, and stuff like that. But this is this is more true than that. So it's a bunch of men smoking all the time, drinking all the time. Police work was like it seemed like they <laughs> were so kind bad of at police sometimes work. doing police work. Like But you know, it was a time when there were no right. cell phones or computers really. And so there there's a scene where um I think it's Anthony Edwards is on the phone and he's Dr. like Dr. Green in ER. He's like, uh, can you send me this information? And they're like, uh, yeah, we don't have a fax machine. So even a fax machine was like new back then. Well, it's crazy. So also, they had to send it through the mail. Evidence. Like uh well, they, they got him on the phone at one point. They're gonna trade the phone. They're like, keep him on the phone for fifteen yeah, minutes. They got the killer on the line. It's like, come on, fifteen minutes, you can do that in like ten seconds. I triangulated the route. Yeah, I know. So it's really interesting, I mean how any crimes got solved back then 
Im- it seems impossible. I guess we're it really seems so stupid we're, easy to get We're really showing our young age now, but like it is crazy to think about a time where you couldn't film a crime happening to have proof or like like there was a or moment you can of the pull thing, out your cell phone they showed or... one of these murders there's one of one of the zodiac murders is he murdered a taxi cab driver he just got out of the car yeah. after he shot him in the neck and like got out of the car stabbed him a couple more times and left and someone called the police it was like oh my god i think i'm seeing a murder right now he's outside on the corner it happened okay he's gone and and then that's the killer it. just gets away. Yeah. He took off his gloves in the car. They couldn't find like this is in the, the early seventies, and it's like I gotta go back was. to that scene because that scene was crazy. Look at the two cops. Did you see that when they were talking later? Why? Because they they saw they saw him. Oh, walking away. Yeah. 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 Um, I was gonna say what I didn't know about the Zodiac killer. It seemed like he purposely killed in different districts so that the the um. You know, the different, pol- the police districts, I can't remember a s- name of a single one of them now. 99? Yeah, like, you know. Like the- Brooklyn 99? I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, he just went out, or county lines. He just yeah, went okay. past county lines so that saying. the police, they w- they wouldn't communicate, you know, Oh, yeah, about so it was, it was having other. different departments yeah. going after each of yeah. his crimes, yeah. So he had, you know, three different, like, detectives from three different departments all searching for the same guy. But they didn't know it until, like, it really started to become a problem because there was no, like, database where everybody just said, oh, this crime happened, so I'm just putting it in the database. And then you can't just, like, Google, you know, crimes where people were stabbed. It was all, everything was square one. I really liked in the movie the the style that they went through where how they went through time. They they covered, like, ten years. Oh, yeah, and they were so specific. Thank God, I was thinking that same thing. They were they were specific but broad enough. Like sometimes they would sh- throw dates out, and sometimes they would just say like three weeks. Later. I like that though because yeah, it no, gave you yeah. it gave you facts as what day it was. But then it also I feel like when they did like the three days later or the two and a half weeks later, it it showed how fast everything went. Right, by. like all of a sudden time would just pass, and yeah. here we are a month later, and here's another killing. Yeah, and it's we've been really fascinated in true crime documentaries. I love them. Um, just crime movies in general, like Mindhunter. We've been watching. We had watched oh Mindhunter gosh. on Netflix, which I gotta say, I think they made a mistake in this movie by calling him a serial killer. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure the term serial killer was invented by the Mindhunter guys. Yeah, in like late the late seventies. So David Fincher. That might, be a, that might be a goof. Call me up, David Fincher, if you think I'm wrong on this. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast. It doesn't downgrade the movie to me, but I just think that it was an early use of the word serial killer. Yeah, check your facts. It's also fascinating, so uh, the acting in the movie was great, right? Robert Downey Jr., pre-Iron Man, but basically yeah. Iron Man. His character is basically Tony Stark in this movie. He's a, he's a sporadic journalist who's very full of himself, kind of playboy yeah. but like... What a playboy in the what a playboy yeah, in the late sixties, early seventies would be. So he's very nonchalant in his what he his clothing. Mm-hmm. Thinks nothing can hurt him. Yeah, he thought he was untouchable. He would like straight up call out the Zodiac killer in his articles. But Robert Downey Jr. played it great. Jake Gyllenhaal was this kind of Jake Gyllenhaal esque character. Yeah. You get the spastic, really smart, but kind of in the back, pushed aside, overlooked, always trying to yeah, always trying to prove his worth. To people, and then Mark Ruffalo comes in as this like soft-spoken, the soft-spoken, soft-spoken detective. detective from uh, trying to figure out what's going on. I kind of sound like Little Nicky, I think. 
He sounded like this. This was this voice that he used. No, it was big, not that high and big, soft. Uh, it was just Mark Ruffalo. Raspy big Mark side shots. Wisconsin's finest. With his, uh, I liked the ties. The ties were really short and really wide. Or ginormous bow, <laughs> bow ties. ties. Yeah. Um, but he played a great, like, also kind of off the cusp detective. Off the cuff? I don't know. It's not off the cusp. <laughs> well, sure. Off the cuff detective who, like, Kind of just went with his own flow. He didn't really care what the, uh, like, sergeant would tell him to do. Sure, Thurman Mulroney's character, uh-huh. right? He would kind of just go and do his own thing and just explore on his own. Yeah, and it didn't he, seem like there were a lot of rules. He started partnering with the reporting crew, which was crazy because Jake Gyllenhaal kind of disappeared in the movie for, like, a good 30 minutes. Yeah. And you're like, where's Jake Gyllenhaal? And right when you forget about I'm him, I'm not sure he's what reintroduced. Jake Gyllenhaal really did for the first, like, hour because he never really he decoded ro- any of the things. No, he was just in the room with he them. He was just in the background, like, really interested. But and then he ends up writing the book at the end of the right, movie. Right, to so, preface like, this, the last this 20 movie's minutes, based off of Jake Gyllenhaal character's book. The last 20 minutes, he's, like, obsessed with the Zodiac. But it seems like everything before that, he's just kind of, like, interested and worried. But it's Mark Ruffalo's character and Robert Downey Jr.'s character who are, like, really tortured and tormented by this guy, especially Robert Downey Jr. Because he's been talking so much shit about him in the articles he wrote. He really crashes at the end. Um, But yeah, it follows all the the murderers of the Zodiac, um, starting with the second set of murders. Right, because they only covered murders that had witnesses who made it through to tell the story of it. Because the Zodiac killer claims like 40 murders. 37, I think it was. But they can only prove that like five of them were actually him because they have like eyewitnesses. Nobody knows Um, who it actually is still. And so that is uh, two people, uh, a couple, another couple, and then a taxi driver. And the guy... No, so it's seven people. No, it was... It was five murders. I mean, what I... Oh, five separate murders, but more than what five I, people. What yeah. I looked up, it says that he's got five confirmed murders, and he's... The Zodiac Killer has said oh, yeah. because 37. Two, the, because the two guys from the two murders didn't Survived, die. and were yeah. witnesses, which then yeah. gave us testimony to so make So he it attempted to, to kill seven people, and he only killed five. Um... And so I was I was curious about how close the movie got with, like, the actual facts of the Zodiac, like how much was sensationalized for Hollywood. Um, and it really seems like all of the scenes or the writing material was based on something that actually happened. So, yeah, it, this, it, this uh, seems very true to All those murders were real, you know, him driving up behind people on Lover's Lane so that they couldn't get out of their parking spot and then um, pulling out a flashlight and essentially, like, blinding them so that they couldn't see and then just shooting them. And... Uh, it's it's crazy also you see, because this took place in the late 60s, early 70s, mid-70s, late 70s even, mm-hmm. all the tropes now you get for scary serial killers mm-hmm. and murders. This is what this guy did. He would call people. He called the police. Yeah, heavy breathing. He would call the, the police every day and say, I'm reporting a double murder. I'm the murderer. Every time. I mean, he sent him notes and he gave himself a nickname and um, he would write, on, like, draw in blood on people's cars, like the date that he killed people. And It's crazy, like, how this stuff is real. And, and then this is what we this is what we see in horror movies. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the scary breathing heavily on the phone. <sighs> Yeah. And then just hanging up. Like, that's what he did to this guy, Robert... Uh, Grace Smith? Grace, Grace Smith, who, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who says that once the suspected Zodiac killer died, which no one will ever know if it was truly him or not, 
he stopped getting these scary phone mm-hmm. calls. So that's kind of crazy. But overall, it's a, it's a worthwhile movie to watch. Did not need to be as long as it, need, it was. Two and a half hours. Yeah. You it feel, you feel every minute of times. it. But it but it also creates a crazy world. So yeah, you I mean, can just totally like immerse yourself in it. The acting is top notch. Uh, the the storytelling is very easy to follow, and, and the fact that it is true to like real life, it makes you feel like you're learning something. Well, and like we were just talking about, about this before we started recording this podcast. How like it's kind of upsetting. You don't find out who the Zodiac killer is. Like there is no yeah. happy ending. Mark Ruffalo's character, the detective, all of a sudden gets turned on by everybody, and they accuse him for a little bit. Crazy twist. Well, no, they accuse him of, of writing, writing a letter the to try to like beef up the story i was reading that and apparently in real life he was also accused of writing letters that like sending anonymous letters praising him like saying oh these detectives are doing such a great job i just wanted to write in right and so they think if he'd maybe written those he would have maybe written a zodiac letter but i don't necessarily believe he wrote either one of them he seemed a little preoccupied trying to stop trying to stop a serial killer i liked the scene where I mean, I didn't like the scene, but I thought it was funny when that woman... You can say you like the scene you're watching When the woman gets kidnapped, her baby is just laying in the front seat of the car. And then somehow they... Her her infant baby... They jumped out of the car and the baby survived. Thank God. Um, No one likes to see it. And then when they go to take a plane ride, you hear like an announcement over the speakers like, please remember, only the back six rows of the plane are smoking. And so, like, it's gonna yeah, make a difference, make a if, difference. If, if someone in the back of like you can't smell it in the front of the plane, uh, smoking and drinking on planes. I mean, you can still drink on planes, but it looked great. What would you rate this movie in? Oof, I would give it. I'd give it like a seven and a half. I'd give it like a seven. I think if it was a half hour shorter, I'd give it an eight. I think it would make a great TV show. Yes, like a and. Netflix show. So they could really, like, flesh it out, like, Mind Mindhunter style. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll... Maybe they gonna, will. I was going to say, maybe they'll go into the Zodiac Killer and Mindhunter, but like I said, they never caught the Zodiac Killer, so they couldn't Yeah, and I don't know if Mindhunter's coming back. Pick his brain. Did you notice the casual cocaine use in the movie, too? Yeah, you're like, he's just doing cocaine in the booth like, of a restaurant. Just sitting at a bar, just having a conversation. It's pulls the 60s, out a little cocaine. the 70s, do whatever you want. Gotta, it's just gotta get amped fun up. details. That I enjoyed. That just really put you into this world. These are the period pieces that I can enjoy watching. Yeah. I don't want to enjoy a period piece from the 1820s. Yeah. Or the 1860s. I want to see a period piece from the 1960s. I had forgotten in this movie how little, really, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Jake Gyllenhaal interact with each other. They're kind of, like, in their own little worlds. Especially well, Mark Ruffalo. Because, I mean, they're half are cops and half are... Well, Mark are Ruffalo's with uh, Dr. Green the whole time. Yeah, he's with his partner the whole time. Um, and they kind of go through... It's kind of like the first half of the movie is Mark Ruffalo with... Ruffalo? With uh, Dr. Green and a little, little bits of Robert Downey Jr. pieced in. And then the second half is Mark Ruffalo and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And there's, like, the Venn diagram of, like, Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal hanging out together for the link, you yeah. know? Yeah. He's the link between them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting how it seemed like back then the police and the press needed each other more. Like now it seems like the press is the enemy. Um, and we're always trying to like keep things from the press so that they don't like spread lies and like throw their own opinion on it. But this was back when it really seemed like the news was the news. So 
the police and the press were like helping each other out and the and the press could kind of help them like solve the case a little bit in the sense of you know publishing the um the zodiac's notes and things like that and kind of like taunting him a little bit they yeah like you said they got the zodiac killer to call into like a news station at one point and like talk to him they think it's him Right, the they guy who claims sure. he's the Zodiac. Um, oh, but I, what I was going to say about the taxi cab murder. Um, so they they thought it was a black dude who did it. And so they sent out, like, on the police radio, like, look for a black dude running away from the scene of the crime. And, the, and two cops stopped a white dude. Who probably was who the probably, Zodiac killer. Who was, like, walking down the block, but they didn't really, like, n- didn't really, like, stop and talk to him because... Um, he was white and they thought it was a black dude who'd done it. And they said as they were driving away, he was like walking up to the front steps of the house. That's, that was something I read outside of the Zodiac movie. So they may have seen the so house that he lived he in. He could have lived right there. Like if he was really, wa- like maybe he was just doing it to be like, oh, I'm just wa- walking up to my house to like fake it. But if he thought nobody was looking for him, maybe he was really just going back home. And so he had the taxi driver stop at a supposedly random location. What if he was like, I don't want him to take him to my house. But take just me close make me enough stop to my house. just around the corner. Right, because they, they did talk about that in the movie. Like They're like, okay, maybe they made him park a block up. Yeah. And then he walked back to where he was going to go murder whoever, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It seemed like he did that a lot. Like, he would, he would commit a murder and then drive close to the police station and call and say, I just committed a murder. Or, like, he'd scope out. How like he he would scope out the situation right beforehand, like the first murder. He drove past the car on yeah. Lover's Lane, and made it seem like they were clear. And then he turned back around, I was like, "Nope, yeah. I'm gonna do it." And he so came it back. So it seemed like, like he liked taunting people. Yeah. he was not afraid of a game, and he totally thought. I mean, he did get away with everything, and he knew it because he was always one step ahead. So he wasn't. I don't think. I don't think he would be afraid to walk into his house right. And there. they had a trail, you know. So. It's not. This is not to say that the police never had a trail. It's based on this movie and based off like research. Like they I had they a trail. Had tw- the guy twenty five hundred suspects. Right. Over I the mean, course of like that's 10 crazy. Years. But the main suspect, his name is Arthur Lee Allen. Yeah. Was who is in this movie is John Carroll Lynch, who plays Twisty in uh, American uh, Horror Story. Yeah. The clown, which was the best part of Circus that freak show freak season, show. Of, and he also plays Mr. Jingles in the newest season of American Horror Jingles. <laughs> Another horror character. So every time I see John Carroll Lynch, I'm like, yo, he's a killer. Yeah, and he's, he's, defi- he's he the, definitely did it. He's the suspected killer in this uh So in they the movie. definitely want you to think that it's him. So, you know, and they follow him, and they but they do a handwriting test at one point to see, because he's writing these handwritten notes to them. So they mm-hmm. do handwriting tests. And they're like, oh, no, he cleared a handwriting test. There's no way it could be him. And I was like, what do you mean he cleared a handwriting test? There's no way it could be him. Like, that that was just enough for the need. police? Yeah. Oh, he cleared a handwriting test. There's no way it could be Back him. Back before, like, DNA was a big thing, they tested handwriting. Like, how unreliable does that sound? I mean, and it's, so the guy, you know, they, they tell you all the facts at the end. And the guy who, Arthur Arthur Lee Allen, who I think possibly did it, died before they could finally talk to him. Yeah. And, like, like all the right sudden before, of a heart attack, right, right before, before he was going to meet with interview them. him. He died of a heart he attack. Died of a heart attack. So now we're never going to know who the Zodiac killer is. And uh, so if you like unsolved mysteries, you'll like this. I mean, and, but the, the movie's got great, like it's got like a great chill factor to yeah. it. It's really, it's very menacing. At yeah, times. menacing. That's, that's what it I was reminded me of 
also Jake Gyllenhaal, Nocturnal Animals, all of those like scenes on the dark roads. Not as good as the where movie he's as like this. getting chased by the nocturnal animals or whatever. I did not like nocturnal um, animals. Just very spooky. Even when you know like what's gonna happen, obviously he's gonna kill him. It's still spooky. Right. I want to give you some fun trivia about the movie oh, before okay. before we wrap this up. Lay it on me. So uh, this was Robert Downey Jr.'s first time working with David Fincher. Okay. I think maybe his only time too. Okay. And the trivia said that he was so unaccustomed to working with David Fincher's style and like doing multiple takes of the same scene and filming things digitally and redoing things mm-hmm. over and over again that he would get so mad that he never had time to actually prep what he was going to do in his trailer that he would just piss in mason jars and leave them on the set. <laughs> Ew. So Robert Downey Jr. is just, this, I mean, this is probably like fresh off of his black tar heroin, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> so, you know, he's still a little bit freaky. But uh, I thought that was an interesting trivia. Like, can you imagine being on set? Like, this intense-ass movie. You're filming this super intense, and you're like, what? What is that smell? Oh, sorry, boss. Uh, pissed, pissed in a jar today. I don't know. I feel like if you <clears throat> are so tight for time as an actor that you have to pee in a mason jar instead of going to the bathroom... Maybe you're not that good at acting. No, I. He was doing it more as like a prank. He was like, "Why are you giving me no time? I'm gonna if you're oh, if you're not gonna give me was, time, I'm gonna piss in these jars and put them all over oh, the set for you to so find." So he was doing it as like um like rebellion. Yeah, yeah, he was like rebelling against David Fincher. Still disgusting. Okay, you are. Someone had to clean those. You weren't up, as you know. interested in that trivia as I thought you'd be. Someone maybe had this to clean one. Those. Maybe this one will hit better. George Lucas, Star Wars said that he was so fascinated by the Zodiac murders when he was growing up and then when he was in college at USC that he always felt that Toshi, who was Mark Mark Ruffalo's character, was always judged a little bit too harshly on how he handled the investigation. That that's why he named a location on Tatooine Tashi Tashi Station. Tashi Station for power converters. Yeah. It says named after... so So maybe Ruffalo's character's name is pronounced Tashi, not Toshi. Or maybe they changed it in Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know, but I thought that's pretty interesting. That's cool, like, those little Easter eggs yeah. that you find. Here's my last one, okay. Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, they got cast in this because of a famous actress. And Hannah, I'm going to let you guess who this famous actress is. They both worked with her before. Uh, so Winona Ryder. Jennifer Garner. Ooh, good guess. Jennifer's the right first name. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston is the who girls? suggested them. Should I have said woman? Hmm? Why did you say with a girl? The good girl. That's the movie she was in with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say. Oh. So, yeah. David Fincher. <laughs> I said woman. <laughs> I thought you said the girl was too much. Uh, David Fincher. Thank you for trying to be um, like politically correct, though. You're welcome, my love. <laughs> David Fincher had asked Jennifer Aniston what she thought about uh, who she like had liked working with, who uh-huh. were some of her favorite co-stars, and she said Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo were two of the best people she'd worked with. Oh. So he cast them. Yeah. Because he was like, well, if they're easy to work with and Jennifer Aniston likes them, they're probably going to be good to work with here. And we always thought when we went to theater school, it doesn't matter if you're fun to work with. What matters is your acting. But clearly people just want to work with people who are fun to work with. Because when you're an asshole... You get kicked off of shows like Chevy yeah. Chase in the community. You get fired. And then you don't get asked back for the table read. Or like Robert Downey Jr. did to Terrence Howard and kicked him out of Iron Man. He said, you suck, Terrence. I want Don Cheadle on my okay. team instead. Or when they wrote Isaiah Washington off of Grey's Anatomy. 
Well, that was, he was a homophobe. Oh, was he? Yeah. Did you not know that? I don't know. Him and T.R. Knight hated each other. I mean, to, he me, didn't like TR Knight. to me, that's being an asshole. Well, 100% is being an asshole. That's under the umbrella of asshole. Ah, it's asshole to the extreme. Yeah. I, like, he, he deserved to be written I'm off that show. bringing your point home. You are. High five. You and your fucking high five. I hate my high five. He just brings them out for no reason. Cause that's a good. Did that deserve a high five? Yes, we finished the episode. It was a great episode. <laughs> thanks, thanks oh, for we're listening. Done? Yeah, we're done. Oh. Do you have anything else to say? No. All right. Clearly. We're done. Clearly no. Happy. We're done. Oh. Thank God. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. <laughs> it's not Mother's Day. I know, but it was yesterday, so we're wishing them a happy Mother's Day. Happy um, belated. Yeah, belation. Every day is belation a word. Day. Every day is Mother's Day. Belation? Is that no, a word? But I just learned the word ablution. It means the morning things you do. Your morning ablution. Hannah's got a great ablution. It just is a perfect... So is it morning what? ablution or is it just ablution? Uh, you do your ablutions. Like, washing your face is an ablution and brushing your teeth is an ablution. Going Take, number two. Taking your morning shit is an ablution. <laughs> I would just all call them separate things, but now I can just say I have to go tend to my ablutions. I hope tomorrow when we it's wake all up. All encompassing word. When you roll over, you you say, I'm going to oh, do my ablutions. I gotta ablute. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to ablute. Oh, I got a big ablute in me right now. Oh, man. Thanks for hanging out with us all the way to the end. Learning words. At Food in the Film Pod. Follow us, subscribe, let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want us to drink. Leave us a review. We want to know how we're doing. Thanks for. Getting us to over a hundred listens. Yeah, we've made it to a hundred listens. That's it's pretty cool. Crazy. So some somewhere out there, a hundred people are listening to our podcast of us just sitting on a couch. That's that's great. You guys are the best. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you want to subscribe, you can to Food and a Film on any of your podcast apps. Follow us on social media. Food and a Film Pod. Food and a Film pod thanks for listening stay awesome